off like um, 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 that was all we ever got that card I'm from I live in Carlisle in England but I'm from Dublin but I've been there since I was three now so You'd wish you could go back in time because then you might could do something different but there's not really anything you could do different to um, change it. Because you're only a child so what can you do? Because pe people don't listen. This is Maria McRae. She is 22 years old. My name's Maria McRae. My first memories will be living with me. I can't, I can't remember... I don't really remember much about that and then my next memories will be... Maria never really knew her mother. ...with um, my foster parents when I was in foster care. What were they like? Not very nice, no. Her mother left Maria and her sister and returned to Dublin where she took up with a man called Paddy Talbot. She was pregnant then. When you were growing up, were you told about your brothers and sisters? Not really. Nobody ever really explained. I used to ask because I understood because I can't, like, I can't remember. Um, Though Maria never met her mother, I knew um, her. My mum, like, I, like, a picture in my head I couldn't remember. But I do, did remember because I always used to say at, like, three or four years old, like, that's not my mum, I have another mummy. And because I could remember in my head a, wee, a little bit, and then I did still see me dad. So Back when I met her mother over two years ago, Maria was missing. Like then she phoned me last September. Like, this is some of her story. As well, and so I did used to ask quite a bit, because you're supposed to have reviews. I never did have reviews, and instead of doing a proper review, they just used to send out, like, a, um... It was like a questionnaire thing, like a book. Like it used to say, like, what do you want to happen or what do you want now? And I always used to ask, put on it where, like, my family was. Because I was always asking for pictures or, like, where my brothers and sisters and my mum was. And um, I think the social worker managed to get that card off, off my mum in there and some pictures... And I don't think I could really sort understand in my head. The story of how, using a postcard, um, she went looking for her family. Like the family, like where my family was or who my family was. So it was kind of as well to help that understanding to make the scrapbook. Off, like, our mum, that was all we ever got, that card. Will you describe it to me? Though? It has like kites on it and it's coloured. So it's like got lots of different colours on it. Kites and um, a few flowers on the front. And then how it reads is, are you having a good Sammy Marianne time? She has it back to front read, it should say. Are you having a good time, Sammy Marianne? Love, Linda, Mummy, Paddy. So like she's put like her name and then mummy's so that's like her and then she's put my brothers and sisters underneath in like age order so from the oldest to the youngest and then three kisses on the end somebody wasn't telling me the truth because how can I have pictures here um, but I, they can't tell me where they are um, I like 
but I could never understand why I could have pictures, but I couldn't see my family. So I could have pictures of them, but I was told, no, I can't get a location on them. So it's if you even when you're younger, you 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 understand if your brothers and sisters are in foster care as well, or your mum is asking where you are as well, in like um how when social social workers are communicating together they can say to both sides on in Dublin and to here in Carlisle no we don't know where they are but they obviously did because I had like a letter that came with the card it's the story of how she found that family um, and of what had happened in between like, and what happened next saying I've enclosed some pictures of your siblings and a card from your mum and like and I've got that all stuck in the book as well. James Conley Memorial Hospital Blanchardstown, nineteenth of April nineteen ninety six. Dear Mary Ann and Sammy, I'm the social worker for your baby sister who lives in Dublin. She's also in foster care. She has three foster sisters and a foster brother. Her foster parents have also got a daughter of their own. She's a happy baby. Her brothers and sisters love to play with her. Thank you for your lovely photographs, calendars and letter. I divided the photographs into sets between your mum, sisters and brothers. Yesterday I met your mum to give her your presents. She was delighted with her gifts. I enclosed a card from your mum to you. If you require further information, please do not hesitate to contact myself or my supervisor, psychiatric social worker, at the above address. And that was it. That's all you got on all those years. Yeah. Was that one letter, and the cov- that covering letter. Yeah, and the, those pictures. But that off... Off, like, um, our mum, that was all we ever got, that carriage. That's it. That's everything. Nothing else. That card and the covering letter was sent in 1996, when Maria was ten. After that, silence. I can't help it, you know. I can't help it. Back then, two years ago, I made a programme about Maria's mother. They can't help me. I have to see a specialist for that. She was never named in my programme. Mary X, a partial life. Have a nightmare. Maybe they could give you a light sleeping tablet to help you sleep. We'll speak. We'll speak. You know us when we go back. Because that's what I just don't tell anybody about no. This is what I said back then. She's the mother of nine children. Some of those children are still minors. Naming this woman might identify those children. That's the legal position. I can't help it. But you don't like to. It's just still on my mind. A lot of things have changed since that programme was made. But the law hasn't. I'll say to the nurse when I go back that you have a nightmare. Maria's mother had an intellectual disability. She was then a voluntary patient in St. Ita's in Port Ran. My family's around me and I'm in their house. Yeah. I get out of quicker. The programme was about her family search for more suitable accommodation for her. But it was as much about how our system had failed her nine children who were all in care. Looking back, that was a frightening day in Port Ran. 
It was November, there was a fog and a feeling of foreboding leaving that woman surrounded by her fears and nightmares. I like to be somewhere in St Michael's, you know, so I understand a bit more, you know. It should only take about another three or four months. I can't help it, you know. My name is Sandra and I come from a family of ten. We lived in Ratmines Flats. We grew up there and I have a sister who's mentally handicapped. Back and then, just over two but years ago, young, small, Maria was struggling to find her family. She didn't know any of this. Recognised that my sister was mentally handicapped. But she's very lovable, isn't she? Yeah. These are Maria's aunts back then in 2007. But unfortunately my mother passed away. And somewhere along the line, back then, they thought Maria was missing, and Maria didn't even know they existed. After having 13 pregnancies, nine children alive, six of them who are very severely handicapped, causing the state a fortune, yeah? And all those kids just thrown everywhere. (laughs) This is Maria's brother, Joe. His name is given as Joseph Talbot. All the files belonging to him are lost. He was born in 1988, two years after Maria. Like, he can't dress himself or he couldn't cook or he can't wash himself. But really, depends on me for everything. What do you want to show Peter? He wants a cappuccino. (laughs) Hand him down to Donna. He loves coffee and he loves cappuccino. Do you want to close the press? And do you want to show Peter your tablets? Where's all your tablets? Yeah, go on. These are all Joseph's medication. By the way, he hates cigarettes. Uh, I wish I was like <laughs> These are his Eplin. And they're 300 mils, and he's on 900 mils of Eplin in the morning. And he's on 900 mils of Eplin in the evening. These are Tagritol. And he's on 400 mils of those in the morning and 400 mils again in the evening. And these are kind of behaviour <coughs> tablet, respiratol. And he's on one of those in the morning and one of those in the evening. Joseph is inclined to get a lot of temperatures. And with the temperatures, they inclined to bring on the epilepsy. And he's often when started off at one fit and it could go into 14, 15 fits. Um, I would have to lift him up. I live here on my own with a 15-year-old, my daughter, a 14-year-old daughter, and a 10-year-old daughter. And he is a tummy, and you eventually have to get him up onto the bed. My nephew came around to me early in the morning. He was uh, eight or nine at the time, and he was very upset. He couldn't wake his dad up. And I went around to the flat and eventually the police came and they kicked in the door and I had to identify the body as that was Patrick Talbot. But I couldn't believe the conditions of the flat because I was upstairs and there was porn magazines everywhere. Like, it was just abnormal and they were visible that children could see them. They were in the wardrobes, they were lying on the floor. I went over to Donald's on the north side and I took Joseph and I took him home here. And I'll never forget it because he, I had a chain around my neck and he ripped the chain and the blouse off me. His nails were real long and they were absolutely black. 
Now, I've never seen nails like it. His hair was down to his shoulders. He was walking with head lice. He was very undernourished. He lived on coke. I had to detox him off coke. And he was violently sick. For three weeks. For about three weeks. Black. All just black vomit coming out of him was all the coke. And I couldn't have a bar of soap in my house because he used to insert the bars of soap up his back passage. I used to have to hide the soap. But um, I really I really think, yeah, it was all hidden. Social workers hid everything. As she, my sister said, the files are missing. They have no files in these do, do you think that they did visit the house? Oh, I definitely oh, do. Sure, Danny it told was me like a jigsaw did. puzzle that back then. The eldest daughter was missing. It's the last two. And then we found out that the eldest daughter is out in Dunavon Road. She has severe... She has learning disabilities as well and she's autism and diff- all different kinds of things. But we have been begging for years on where these children are, which is only natural if you like. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. And the social workers, we had meetings with the social workers, one meeting on the 21st of May, where they promised they'd give up two weeks and they'd find the whereabouts of these children. Nothing happened. One day I just got so frustrated with them because every time it was just, we will find out, we're looking into it, that I took out the phone book and I was nearly eight or nine hours ringing up different places. I felt like a fool ringing them up. Hello. And it was about eight or nine hours and eventually we found our eldest daughter. Through the phone? Through the phone book. Mm. I phoned the Navin Road. And whoever answered the phone, I don't know, said, uh, who's this? So I knew straight away, this has to be where she is. And he said, I'll give you our social worker's number. Her other brother. Her eldest son was missing too. He's 25. He was adopted. We only found that out that he was actually adopted. And you, do you know where he is? No, we don't. But a uh, social worker told Donna that he's doing very well. Yeah, and he's very happy, and he's in a very lovable family. And but, but like, we're delighted to hear that that he is doing well, and he's in a very happy environment. But at the same time, we're also annoyed that his own mother didn't know that he was adopted, and we never knew. Again, we feel it's just brushed under the carpet. Would you help out? Do you just tell you what you want to tell you, basically? And I think they never would have told us where those children were. Never. Because for years, my mother was told that they were fostered together. They were fostered together in a family. They they were doctors, the family that took them, and they knew each other as brother and sister, and they were very happily together. And she even had pictures of both of them. And they told my mother that the people that were fostering the two children, that they were doctors, husband and wife, but they were doctors, and that they had a big... Loads of land and ponies and horses. And he brought pictures of the children up to my mother at that time. Yeah, so my mother was over the moon thinking, well, these two little children have, you know, a great future for them. And all the time they weren't, they were fostered out. All I ever had was just this. Around the same time in Carlisle, Maria was using the letter she'd been sent when she was 10 to find her mother a social so worker. With those pictures and that letter, that... Letter is how I did for him round. Um, yeah, when I was like a bit older and like I was just finished my year level, so I'd be 
18 or something. I don't... I just thought, well, she has to be out there somewhere. So I just went off that letter all day ringing and... I think I rang that place on that the number in the letter and they said, no, she's not here, and they gave me another number. And I just kept going round and round in circles for the day. But then eventually I found where she was. Well, I got the number of her office. And then I think once I got the number of the office, it took me a while just to ring that because I was a bit shocked that I'd actually found where she where she worked. Oh, was she shocked? I think she was. Well, she must have been, but she still remembered everything quite clearly. Like, she... Um, a lot about my mum and, my, like... Um, and, like, she knew about me and Sammy and stuff. So it was obviously still clear in her mind. Like, the case was still clear in her mind. I mean, she wasn't so clear on dates and stuff like that, but the general case she was clear on. She could remember everybody, you know. She hadn't forgotten. No. There has another two children who we don't know nothing about. We just know that they're in England. All through this time, Maria's aunts were searching for her. They're two girls, and I'd say one of them would be 21. And I said, Reiterated be to the social workers at family case conference after family case and conference. Again, when I asked social workers about these two girls, they tell me they can't find out because they're in the UK and the UK is very big. And how did they end up in England? Because the... seemingly the father of these children, he brought them to England. But when you look yourself at the the history of those children. The fathers aren't able to look after no, the children. Not. No, they're not. No. So we're all so worried about those two children in England. Are we going to have another horror story? Why was that man allowed to take that child out of this country? We know nothing about that man either. Because he took her sister to England with him. Mm. And we don't know how long she was there. And we didn't even know she was there till she came back on the scene. As I said, I could see her every day for this week at your door. And you mightn't see her then for six months and you're worried sick about her. You know, and I've expressed all this to all the social workers. Are you going to wait till there's a death? She'd sent that letter before she had the meeting with my aunts and then said, you know, she doesn't know where, where we were, but they sent this letter before that meeting, so... How can you say you don't know where we are when you've sent us a letter with pictures, you know? quite um, shocking. <laughs> yeah, and you were in the same place, you weren't being moved around no. or anything. So she told you when you when you tracked her down yeah. that you had another brother and sister yeah. you didn't know anything about. Yeah, and you don't really know what to say, say to that either because um, it's frustrating enough that you've missed out on your brothers and sisters, all those brothers and sisters already, and then... You find out you've got two more, and you didn't even know they were there. Um, and she was just saying a few things about um, my mum, and then kind of said it would be hard to get a location on her. Um, but I think at that time, I think she possibly quite could have been in Port Moran, so they would have known where she was at that time. 
because when I was little, I was told over and over again, um, we can't get a location on them. But I don't think at that point I was really ready if I would want, if I probably wouldn't have maybe wanted to meet her at that very then. But maybe just to have known a bit more and been had the opportunity to send something over or something. But I just was met with another brick wall. We, um, we wouldn't be able to get a location on her. And I was probably a little bit, I don't know, naive, because pos- if, if, if I was older now, I probably would have said, well, if, you know, if it's hard to get a location on her, like, I don't care. She's like my mum and I want to meet her and I want to know where she is. But, because, and it was quite a lot, so I think I just, I left it for a few months. Because just being able to find somebody that, like, can tell you even just a little bit about your mum after all them years is, like, quite a big thing. But because when I spoke to her, she didn't tell me I had, like, like, you know, aunts and uncles and stuff, like, that would be, um, that would want to know where I was or anything. And so, you, like, it's difficult because you don't really understand, like, what's going on as well, so. Come on, up here, see your lovely bedroom, which are Winnie the Pooh beds. And then there's Joe's story, the missing files. He has a big tigger upstairs, haven't you, up in the bathroom? Do you want to run up and bring it down and show Peter? Mm. What do you want to do? Mm. The HSC says that the files on Joseph and his brother from the crucial period of 97 until 2000 are missing. I'm actually looking for Joseph's files, seven. Joe has always been called Joseph Talbot, the son of Paddy Talbot, the man who died in that flat. As the HSE tells us, that's the name on the birth certificate. But Donald McRae has always said he's Joseph's father. I mean, the scarf on his chest is this length, you know, like the length of a fork. Sandra had to ask his younger brother. When Maria was 18, she applied for her own files under the English Freedom of Information Act. We learn a lot from them. But Joe was left in that flat um, and, like, that's disgraceful and he has a big scar on his, um, on across his stomach and he can't speak. But the social workers left him there and they knew that he wasn't his dad because in my files it quite clearly shows they knew that my dad was his dad. So they left him living with somebody that wasn't even... His father. The files show that Maria's mother returned to Dublin pregnant in the summer of 1988. And where are you going to throw Joseph Bonaventura McRae was born later that year. Is Joseph your brother? Yeah, he's like, like I don't ever say half brother or sister because to me they're all Maria's children and they're my brother and sister no matter what. But because Joe was left in the flat in the town and mad because... His father, Maria's father, Donald McRae, continually expresses his concerns for the safety of his son in that apartment. He knew Paddy Talbot. He knew his own wife, Linda, couldn't cope. That's a big chicken, The English files detail regular contact and regular expression of concern by Carlisle Social Services. 
During this period, social workers had no access to the flat. There were concerns about hygiene and an Alsatian dog. Dublin said the mother must neglect the child or abuse it before action can be taken. Social workers still have no access to the flat. In March 89, when Joe is four months old, his mother disappears for two or three weeks. There is no intervention. Dublin believes she was in Carlisle. Carlisle is a small place and they are sceptical and worried. They've been told if she deserted the child there would be an intervention. A nurse has access to North William Street and says the baby is gaining weight but is dirty. Insufficient grounds for removal. Carlisle asked to speak to the nurse. There is no record that this ever happened. In Carlisle, the wheels come off for Donald McRae. His daughters, Maria and Sammy, become wards of court and are fostered. Their cases are eventually deallocated. There is sporadic contact between Dublin and Carlisle into the early 1990s. Then nothing from North William Street until 1999, when Paddy Talbot dies. The files are by then lost, and Joseph McRae, who can't speak for himself, becomes Joseph Talbot. These are the things we learn from Maria McRae's files. Joe's brother later makes disclosures about abuse in that flat. The Dublin social workers I've been able to track down from that time don't remember any of this or refuse to talk to me because they have, they say, a code of ethics and a commitment to their clients. We always thought Joe was Paddy Talbot, so we hadn't got a clue that he wasn't till Maria came home. She was saying, oh, I'm so excited to see me brother. And she went on a bit more about Joe than she did about anyone else. And we were saying, God, that's strange. And then when Maria said it, we all nearly collapsed, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we couldn't believe that they were just, had the same father. Yeah. Because for years we were told it was Paddy Talbot that was the father. Yeah. And did you, you knew Joe was your brother? Yeah, I knew he's my full brother. Did you know that growing up? Yeah, I knew that growing up. <laughs> I always knew about Joe. Um, I think because of my dad, I knew about Joe because I knew growing up. Uh, and I think from when I had a few reviews at the social workers, because I used to ask as well, that I knew as, as well. Did you know about Debbie and Donna and Sandra? No, nothing. Just it should be said at this stage that the social worker who Maria tracked down on the phone and the social worker allocated to finding her and her sister Sammy were both working for the same office. And Daddy or Joe, and they'd say, they're missing, we can't find them. And then a new social worker came on board... Uh, and he came up and asked us, could we tell him that? Because he hadn't got access to any of Danny's faults. So basically, we start like from fresh. 
when did his father die because he couldn't get access to the files. So we did Freedom of Information Act yeah. for her files, for the kids' files, and we just got to run around all the time, didn't yeah. we? Even just when run. we went to some places, they said, you're in the wrong place, go to this place, that place, just over and over again. Just a circle all the time. Yeah. Passing one on to the other. When I first met the two of you yourselves in, what was it, 2006, I think, you believed you believed Maria and Sammy were lost, were in England, but you didn't know where they were. Oh, no. No, we hadn't got a clue where they were. We just knew they were in the UK. So if we met with social workers, I rang them, which we rang them loads of times, didn't we? Yeah. Probably sometimes 10 or 15 calls a day. They'd say, the UK is a big, a big place. place, we'll try and find them, things like that. We hadn't got a clue about Carlisle because it would have made things a lot easier if we did. Yet. To search, like, they just kept saying they'd try and find them. Any case conference that was held, we'd bring up about it. To children in the UK. Um, they'd give two-week deadlines, you'll, you'll see them in the files yourself. We'll definitely have something in two weeks. And they'd keep saying, we're, we're looking into it. We're going to get in touch with social services over there. And eventually we'll find them. But you got sick of asking the same questions because you just kept, keep on getting told the same answers. We're looking into it. We'll get back to you. We'll ring you. Like, we didn't know whether... What was that to happen to, the, to Maria and Sammy? What do you think of when you look at those pictures? <laughs> You'd wish you could go back in time because then you might could do something different, but there's not really anything you could do different to um, change it. Because you're only a child, so what can you do? Because pe- people don't listen. Y- you sometimes just feel like that still because... Pe- because you don't, they've got the power, so you, you, if you, there's nothing you can do, you just keep hitting a brick wall. It's hard to think, even when you're younger, there's pictures of my little sister and and I can't see her or nobody can tell me where she is. Because even though I've not, like, I still love them exactly the same. I don't love them any less because I've not grown up with them. Like, because you're more grateful that you've you there at that, you know where they are. Will you tell me about when what happened in between the first time you phoned? Well, because I was just quite young and I was just out of sixth form and I was just started university and I would. Like, I think I was shocked I'd actually, like, found her. And, like, I don't know, I don't really know what I expected from her response either. And I was probably a little bit, I don't know, naive. Because if I I was older now, I probably would have said, well, you know, if it's hard to get a location on her, like, I don't care. She's, like, my mum and I want to meet her and I want to know where she is. But, because, and it was quite a lot. So I think I just, I left it for a few months. Just until, like... Because just being able to find somebody that, like... 
can tell you even just a little bit about your mum after all them years is like quite a big thing. But because not when I spoke to her, she didn't tell me I had like fat, like you know, aunts and uncles and stuff like that would be um, that would want to know where I was or anything. And so it's difficult because you don't really understand like what's going on as well so did you stay in contact with her no i spoke to her that time and then i decided that i wanted i didn't care like if it was hard to get a location on them and so i tried to phone her back but she was on leave and then so i tried to phone her back quite a few times over like like a while and then um when i like i left my number like eventually and then when she phoned me back, it was to go to her funeral, not to meet her. <laughs> so, yeah. Will you tell me about that day? Um, she, because she was lying in the, because she was in the funeral parlour, and like, it's not the best way you want to meet your mum. Like the, like you, that wouldn't be how you'd expect you're going to meet somebody. Because on all of the pictures I have, she didn't look very well. Like on all of them, like not, not, not like what, like I don't know. But like, cause when I seen her lying there, I just said she looked like um, an angel. That's what I thought she looked like. And then there, like, cause you, just, it's too. I don't really know. What, because all, all the family were coming in and you think that's my family and I'm just stood here and I don't know and I'm at my mum's funeral and, like, that's not how you'd want to meet her. So I, d- it, I don't... I think I was not... I just... I, like, I just wanted to stand outside rather than be inside. I don't know. So, because uh, Joe was stood outside and I knew it was Joseph because... Like, I knew it was Joe before anybody told me. I don't know how I knew. I just knew. And, like, it's, like, because you think that's my brother or, like... And 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 it's hard to, like, just... Like, to look at somebody, it's, like... It's not a stranger, but it is. I don't know how to explain it. It wouldn't be something you'd want to do all the time. Mm Mm-mm. And then when we were in the church the next day and, like, they took the coffin past and you just think that's all I've ever had, that's it, gone. Like, you don't even get to say hello or or anything. No, I can keep going. And did they tell you that Maria was coming to the funeral? No. no. But I spoke to probably a year before the funeral and she never mentioned on the phone then I had any aunts or uncles either. She just said that it would be hard to get a location on her because 
she doesn't like stay in one place or anything like that. Yeah. If that was a year before that was she was in Pokhran, probably that time, wouldn't that be right? She would have been. She would have been. And tell me about the when did you get get to know about Sandra and Donna and Debbie? Um at at, at my mum's funeral. Yeah. Flynn pointed everybody out to me. Except I pointed Joe out. <laughs> You saw Marie at the funeral yourselves? No. You didn't? <laughs> we didn't know she was there. We assumed to anybody that we didn't know were social workers. So oh. we're happy to have Maria was a social worker. <laughs> 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 but we, we actually didn't see her, didn't we? No. No. Sandra got a phone call and we were like, what? Shocked. Sandra rang us down and said, yeah. I can't believe it, like, uh, daughter was at the funeral and we were like, no way, we couldn't believe it, could we? No. And then we were thinking, would it have been? Sandra said, no, no. It was uh, Mary Ann from Carlisle. And we were just stunned. They wrote a letter and put some pictures in of my brothers and sisters and forwarded it to me, so, like... Like, that was how I got pictures of, like, my own brothers and sisters and stuff. And some of, like, my mum in there as well. And then I tried to follow my auntie Sandra, but she was away on her holidays. So. Cause, and then her voice was on the answer machine, so I kept phoning it just to listen, because you just think that's, like, your aunt. And, and um, I probably phoned my auntie Sandra because I knew that Joel lived with her rather than... Any of my other aunts, I don't know. So I kept just ringing it, putting it down and ringing it back. Well, because over the next few days, just because just you could hear. Like, because it, it's strange to be able to hear it, because then you think that's my aunt. I don't know. And, and then when I phoned her one time and then she was back and she answered, I think I put it down. And then, and then I found her again. You don't really know what to say. <laughs> so this is the story that 22-year-old Maria McRae began to tell me well, last September. For all that time, and then... Of how she found her family, or what was left of it, and got to go to her mother's funeral. And you start to think you're never going to find them, and then... And of what happened next. Because I can still remember because she came running through the door and um, she just like jumped up into my arms like and she just to be able to give your little sister a cuddle. Like I don't know how to explain that. And then you look down like and she was asleep and you just look down and think I can't believe they're just there. Like you know because you've been looking for them for all that time. And like then they're just there. <laughs> like I can't believe she's just there. And that should be it, except it's not like that, because the access Marie has been granted to her brother and sister is haphazard at best. She said, oh, like, it's good, it's good for the children, and um, we didn't know where you were. Um. For Maria to attend an access, she must leave Carlisle at four o'clock in the morning, drive to Newcastle, fly to Dublin, hang around until her access at three o'clock, which lasts for an hour and a half or two maybe, 
go back to the airport, return to Newcastle and drive back to Carlisle again in excess of 20 hours a day. The accesses don't always happen or can be cancelled at short notice. This is the aftermath of the February access, the first time she'd seen her little sister for eight months. The airport was in chaos, snowbound and full of French rugby fans. Normally she'd just come running up, but she never, she did, so it was a bit hard, because she's not seen me for eight months, so... She like, wasn't her usual self, she was quieter and stuff. Whereas normally she'd be like, pleased to see me, it's my sister Maria from England. She wasn't like that today. It's like, a fi- like, it doesn't feel natural and it feels hard to just be yourself and hard to keep them entertained and interested in that when there's nothing in there. And then you feel under pressure because, like, everybody else is there. And then, so that was like an hour and a quarter of seeing her with, like, everybody else there. And it, it's not really nice uh, access. I don't like it. Like, nobody's said anything. So you're feeling things have gone backwards? Yep. I don't really want to go back now, after today. I switched off the recorder. She was crying and couldn't go on. You must be very tired now. A bit. (laughs) Nobody will say why this is happening. Or why Joseph McRae is called Joseph Talbot. You wonder why. why or why he was left in the care of a man who wasn't his father. A man described by Dublin in the Carlisle files as mentally subnormal and of a very limited ability. What the reason is. Or why that flat in North William Street was never forcibly like entered. Or where the Dublin files went. Or how a whole family can disappear as if into a black hole. How can people do that with your family? Like, that's my mum. So how can people decide? Like, on what level does somebody decide? No, um, we're just going to tell you we don't know where she is. We can't. Because, like, how can somebody decide take that decision away from you that you're not going to meet her? Like, or have a relationship with her when you're a child? Like, how can... Or your brothers and sisters, like at what, like at what point does somebody make that decision for you? Like because it's your decision, and then there's nothing you can do to put it right because it, it's too late. Like, like, because she's gone, so you can't do anything to help. It's like you can't take the memories away for people, and you can't take like just like speech problems or like like what happened away either so you just think 